Between mainstream news and local billboards lately, you might think that downtown Portland is a free fire zone occupied only by syringe-wielding homicidal litter bugs, and that everyone but you wants more police, more sweeps, and fewer environmental regulations. Over and over, stories suggest that all our hard-won progressive reforms were mistaken and we must change course, but none of this is true. It is true that downtown has changed, but not because of things peculiar to Portland. The changes largely result from the global pandemic and the shift to remote work. As John Rennie Short explained recently in the conversation, downtown development all over the U.S. had been inflated by Reagan-era tax policies and low interest rates, and COVID helped burst the 40-year bubble. So why all the panic about downtown Portland? Let's review. As part of massive nationwide historic protests in 2020, Portlanders demanded the city reduce police budgets and redirect funds to Portland street response and unarmed response to non-life-threatening mental health and behavioral issues. Oregonians passed Measure 110 to decriminalize drugs and align the response to addiction with professional best practices. County voters elected a progressive district attorney who called for police accountability and rethinking of public safety. Portlanders also worked for housing justice, passing relocation assistance for renters and voting in 2018 Metro Housing Bond and 2020 Metro Supportive Housing Services Measure. And after a long process with extensive community engagement, Portland voters approved a new city charter. Portlanders pushed for these changes in a city that already lacked affordable housing and access to drug treatment and was out of compliance with the Federal Department of Justice consent decree over police repeatedly violating residents' civil rights. People in Portland were responding to ongoing police brutality, to some of the nation's worst racial disparities in arrests, and to data that showed that the majority of arrests in Portland targeted unhoused people for low-level offenses, not even crimes, resulting in costly police, courts, jails, and even prison sentences. These experiences further traumatize unhoused people and make it even more difficult for them to become housed. And the Ninth Circuit Court in Boise ruled that it was unconstitutional to sweep and arrest unhoused people when there were not enough shelters available for them. Despite the housing crisis, real estate developers fought against inclusionary zoning and many other housing reforms. Developers are major players in Portland Business Alliance, recently rebranded as the Portland Metro Chamber. The PBA is the most powerful lobby in city politics, has repeatedly violated lobbying rules, and spends large amounts on local elections. Grassroots efforts have resisted the onslaught of business influence, passing county and city ballot measures to limit money in local elections, despite a challenge from the PBA, the Portland Metropolitan Association of Realtors, and Associated Oregon Industries. Since the plutocrats can no longer buy elections so easily, they created new advocacy organizations, including the Dark Money Group, People for Portland. People for Portland has spent millions in creating a narrative about Portland push-polling, generating emails to city leaders, lobbying, funding multiple PACs, and pushing to criminalize unhoused people while partially causing the housing crisis as they gentrify the city for profit. 
In 2022, People for Portland, the Everyone Deserves Safe Shelter Pack, and donors like the real estate firm Killian Pacific spent tens of thousands of dollars and were ready to spend hundreds of thousands more to redirect Metro Supportive Housing Services tax dollars to emergency shelter beds instead of actual housing. These plutocrats keep attempting to move us away from proven solutions like Housing First towards costly sweeps and temporary mass shelters. The city council collaborated by awarding a $50 million contract to Urban Alchemy to manage encampments that will get around the Boise ruling and remove homeless Portlanders from public spaces. Now the PBA and their politicians are seeking more state funding for corrections and trying to undermine the new city charter so rich lobbyists can maintain control. The push for police and sweeps is not just ideologically based. Landowners and developers have a stake in trying to quote-unquote revitalize downtown. Notably, they have an interest in capitalizing on Trump's 2017 Opportunity Zone tax breaks. As David Wessel explains in his book, Only the Rich Can Play, Opportunity Zones provide tax breaks on long-term investments in certain low-income census tracts, although because census tracts are often quite large, wealthy areas like the South Waterfront and the Pearl District can be included in tracts that count as overall low-income. Wessel adds, through the program, the rich can invest capital gains into qualified opportunity fund and postpone capital gains taxes, or if they hold the property for 10 years, pay no taxes on it at all. Oregon has 86 opportunity zones, including 31 in Portland. A cluster of them blanket the inner city. These opportunity zones allow the wealthy to evade taxes in the name of development. Take the Goodman family. Funders of PBA and People for Portland, the Goodmans are the largest downtown property owners. Through the Downtown Development Group and about a dozen obscure LLCs, they control 25 sites in Opportunity Zones, including the land the luxury Ritz-Carlton Hotel was built on. Terrified that unhoused people or anything else that hinders gentrification will limit their returns on investment, Portland's plutocrats push for more police to sweep quote-unquote undesirable people into jails or mass shelters that critics have called concentration camps. These vested interests have not only created an array of deceptively named advocacy groups, but have used their money and power to get the governor to create a special task force on downtown Portland. That agenda of wealthy property owners and developers has captured both mayor in the central city plan and the governor in the new public-private partnership. Led by the PBA and their wealthy and powerful sponsors, the task force pushed their ideas about downtown, homelessness, and crime in meetings that were closed to the public and to journalists. And what has the task force called for? Limits and cuts to taxes, subsidies for businesses, and more cops, neglecting the root issues of housing unaffordability and lack of living wages, all to continue to make Portland a playground for the rich. Our new city charter means the next election will be historic. Portlanders must remember that everyone deserves housing, not carcel shelters. That equitably resourced cities don't need militarized policing. That we can't resuscitate a burst business bubble, but we can revitalize community action. Watch out for the fake people for Portland and support the real people of Portland.